Hello and welcome back to the new disc colony, the no T, low T. Hey, stage, stage, get the hell off of that roof. Podcast about new metal discussions. I'm your co-host, Ross. And I'm your other co-host on that roof, Brent Hibbard. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing okay. We've got uh, dogs running loose in the studio here. Who <laughs> let the dogs in? Uh, that's a question for the ages. Baja men, how about you get Baja fresh and answer this Baja question? Uh, on the subject of Baja, you've brought a new friend. Hey, good transition, record. buddy. Uh-huh. Um, yes, I have a new flavor of the MTN Dew, Mountain Dew for the layperson. Um, it is called the Baja Mango Gem. And it is basically just a mango-flavored Mountain Dew. And really, that's all you fucking need. What, what is it? Baja Jim? Jim. G-E-M. Oh, I thought it was like Baja James. Like yeah. it was a big short. Baja James. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I- interesting. And yeah. it's like it's or- like it's it's like almost piss orange. I know orange. people are used to like <laughs> seeing like a piss yellow, but this is a piss orange. Yes. And mm. that makes it all the more delicious. It truly is um, yummy. And if we weren't living in COVID times right now, I'd make you drink some of it. <laughs> I will have to track this down. Uh, I am uh, a seeker of flavor adventures. Yes. So that does seem fun to me. I just heard from my coworkers. We worked near a Sonic restaurant Ooh. and uh, they were telling me about these uh, Sonic pickle slushes. Have Gross. you had any of these? <laughs> I like, Absolutely not. It doesn't sound good, but I am compelled to try it. I, I expect to have one fully imbibed by the end of this week. All right. You let me know how it goes. <laughs> it's bad. Sounds Spoilers. awful. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> I hate pickles. Do you really? I hate uh, pickles. Okay. Well, so it's going to be you extra nasty. Them. Okay. Yeah. I, I do love uh, Sonic makes an excellent sh- uh, slush, though. Mm-hmm. Um, for those hot summer days, baby. Oh, you get you one of them slushies going. You're set for the next 20 minutes. Uh, there's always, I don't know what it is. Like um, like I used to get the occasional uh, brain freeze when I was younger. Mm-hmm. It's like the older I get, like it's unavoidable that I will get a brain freeze when I drink something cold. And they're painful as fuck too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they fucking hurt. They have all these little tricks to like get rid of it, but it never fucking works. You're supposed to like no. put your tongue at the roof of your mouth. You're supposed I, to drink water. You're supposed to like donate all of your income to charity. I'm like, I'm not doing any of it. Hell no. No, no. By charity, you mean, mm, I can't think of anything good. Farts for governors. Farts for governors. Mm-hmm. F-G, um, yeah, I'll give all my money to that. Yeah. If I but had money, that's the problem. in the face. Yeah. Tootin' on Putin. <laughs> Welcome to Tootin' on Putin. Hey, everybody. We're going to Tootin' on hey, Putin. Hey, man. Uh, Putin this week gets five toots. Yeah. Out of what a po- are you doing, dude? Out of a possible ten. A possible yeah. ten. Hey, students. Hey, students. Get out of Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> students, stop Putin. That, uh, that is an impression uh, of our old um, high school principal. Is he dead, too? I have to assume. <laughs> Last episode, we did. Uh, I did name drop a um, uh, old teacher that we had, and I said, "Oh, surely he's dead by now." Uh, completely joking. Uh, turns out he did die this year earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I felt bad for like half a second. Then I remembered uh, no one listens to this. To be fair, he died at the beginning of 2022. What else happened at the beginning of 2022? Oh, yeah, we started this podcast adventure. So he he lives on through this podcast. Honestly, probably his last wishes. Truly, yeah. I hope I live on through a podcast. (laughs) What's the subject matter? Honestly, I don't care. (laughs) Oh, man, that guy. Balsa wood? I don't know. Boy, he loved that balsa wood. I love, you know what? That is one thing that I did enjoy was making balsa wood cars. Yeah, it was like oddly was fun. fun, but also with our group of friends, it was also uh, surprisingly destructive. Oh, very much so. Mm-hmm. Yes, we tore everything up. Like the default, like kind of squared off blocks that you would get of that balsa wood. Yeah. We probably went through three or four of them some bitches oh like just our, fucking around our our friend alan who was in that class oh, man. he was just like a man monster <laughs> yeah. tornado made of teeth and fingernails <laughs> he was just like he probably should have been suspended multiple times just oh for just sure for, just for how he looks sometimes you know he just <laughs> he just fucking looks rough nice guy but uh he was he was quite destructive and i remember him taking his car that he was working on it it didn't look right to him but like to the rest of us, it was it was like fine. It just looked like a balsa wood car. He's like, no, don't like it. And he just ran it sideways through the bandsaw. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll start over. Oh man! He spent like the better part of like a week working on it. It was like, fuck, it didn't work. <laughs> I remember he would just he would walk around and just he was uh, I'm gonna say uh, seven foot tall. He was a large man. Yes, and, still growing. Uh, lo- uh, loud voice, and I remember mm-hmm. he would just walk through the hallways and go. Uh, It was really funny when we were kids. It's like if a milk mustache came alive and was a person. That's what he was. With sweatpants. With sweatpants, of course, yeah. Yeah. Only the finest. Um, Okay, so uh, that's all the the main things we had on our agenda. Today, we are going to discuss Around the Fur by Deftones and Ross on our lost episode that we ended up re-recording because the original recording was trash. Yeah. Uh, That was for Adrenaline. The yes. first Deftones album. Uh, I told a story on there that never made it to air because I just, I couldn't bring myself to retell the story there. But for this specific album, I'm going to bring it back up. So uh, just act surprised. Sure. Uh, but around the time uh, My Own Summer, parentheses, Shove It, was released and made it to the airwaves here in lovely Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, I there was another band that had a song out around that time, and I confused the two bands. I thought the name of Deftones was actually the Mighty Mighty Deftones. <laughs> and so I thought, uh, you know, I couldn't really tell them apart by name. But I like, obviously, the, the songs sound different. Uh, Shove It versus, uh, what was it? Uh, the Impression That I Get. Yeah. Yeah. They sound wildly different oh. sonically, but like, yeah. the, the two band names coming out that have the word tones in them. I was like, right. I guess this is the same one. I don't know. I couldn't couldn't parse that that important uh, distinction at that time. You were stupid as fuck back then. I remain that way to this very day. <laughs> I'm not getting smarter, that's for sure. So um, let's. How about we just slide up in these guts? Let's do it. Um, so yeah, like I said, we're going to talk about uh, Around the Fur, released October 28th, 1997, on Maverick wow. slash Warner Brothers. Three or, days before Hall- All Hallows Eve. Oh my God. Yeah, the spookiest album to come out yet in the new metal <laughs> timeline, um, released on Maverick slash Warner Music Group. Um, I I read something that Maverick is named as such because of its founders. 
It was like Madonna, someone named Veronica, and then somebody named Frederick. And they just took parts of their names, like M-A-V-E-R and then R-I-C-K. And that's how they came up with the name. I don't like this. Yeah, but it seems like they could have just like come up with the word Maverick. Right. Wait, do you think that's what the Top Gun sequel is named after as well? Yes. Okay, that's canon. That's <laughs> NDC definitely, canon. definitely. Uh, Madonna plays a goose. She didn't have to do much. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen her lately? I, I'm not trying to pick on a person's appearance, but mm-hmm. uh, wow, she she looks um, insane. No, I haven't seen her. I, I would assume that someone her age needs to just stay at home for a little bit, you know? Yeah, we got a pandemic going on. She doesn't need to be out there. I I don't think I've told this on the podcast before, but uh, I apologize if I do. But uh, I used to work at a uh, music music uh, arena or a arena venue, venue, Mm -hmm. uh, large venue. We would have, uh, you know, big acts come through all the time. Uh, Without a doubt, Madonna was the absolute most annoying act that we had to deal with period really over nickelback you told the nickelback story uh well okay uh for me personally nickelback was probably the most annoying but for the venue at large um she was by far the most uh just unbelievable she requested like uh you know because because uh, musicians have writers and most of the writers are like hey you know we want like chips and dip and and things like that uh she wanted um chandeliers in every room that she stayed in so like, she had like multiple green rooms in the back and uh, both of our um, uh, uh, managers of the venue mm-hmm. were like huge fans of Madonna. So they were like bending over backwards to do anything she wanted. Um, so uh, the green room that we had was also a locker room. Mm-hmm. So we would have to like kind of like dress it like hot. You'd put up like uh, uh, like piping with drapery to hide the lockers. Um, and then you kind of like kind of try to make it look a little nice. But yeah. most of the artists don't like hang out in the green room for that long. They just mm-hmm. kind of come in uh, from the, most of the time they hang out on the bus for a long time, come in like an hour before the show, get whatever, and then go out and, and perform. So mm-hmm. the green room is just kind of like a, a transitory like uh, space. Right. Yeah. But no, she wanted fucking full. So they had to go buy like, like multiple chandeliers mm-hmm. um and then also so uh th- they had you know bathrooms in in the locker room uh she demanded that since they were you know uh bathrooms in a locker room uh with just plain concrete she wanted um the whole thing carpeted so they had to carpet and this is like a large bathroom mm-hmm. you know because it's like a locker room bathroom they had to carpet the entire thing and, and, and they didn't remove the carpet after for like a while. So it got fucking rank. I'm sure it was disgusting. Yeah. Um, also, uh, so, so, uh, uh, whenever, uh, uh, a show day happens, uh, load in was just when the, uh, the artists and the, all the, uh, musicians and equipment and everything come in, uh, generally starts around six o'clock in the morning. So Mm -hmm. usually you show up at six o'clock in the morning. Um, and then generally, uh, uh, by the time the show wraps up around, uh, you know, like 10 or 11, somewhere in there, uh, then you have to take everything down. So usually by like midnight to one, uh, you're finished. Sure. Um, most of the time the artist or like opening art, uh, opening act would come on around nine, you know, eight, eight, eight 30 to nine. And then the main act would come on around, uh, you know, 10 and then would generally play till, you know, 11. Now these times were kind of would move back and forth depending on, you know, circumstances, mm-hmm. but Madonna, 
apparently chose to just fucking hang out in her dressing room until like like after midnight Damn. like she did not start playing until after midnight um and did not finish up her set until like 2 2 30 in the morning so wow. i was there from six o'clock in the morning until about uh probably around three was mm-hmm. was when i got to actually leave the place christ um and then we had to like come back in the next day at like uh for the next act um, so we had to come back in like, so I literally like ended up sleeping for like, you know, two or three hours and then, uh, doing like another 12, 13 hour day. Jesus. Uh, fuck that job forever. Uh, miserable. It, it destroyed my life. Yeah. <laughs> literally gave me all kinds of health problems. I'm sure. Uh, I hated that place, but Madonna, everybody that worked that show was just like furious because we all wanted to go home because we'd been there since six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she's such a fucking diva, and she and apparently she was just like hanging out. She's like, no, I don't feel like I'm going. I don't. I don't want to go on stage yet. Just like no reason. Just she's being something of a prima donna. I guess oh you my could god! Say. Yeah, that's right there. She uh, fuck her. Um, and her music sucks too. So who cares? <laughs> like it was. It was insane. Uh, so where did where did they get chandeliers from? Did they have to like? go out and track down chandelier i've always been curious how that shit works you know oh we had they have multiple people that like put all that stuff together that's um, do they have to dedicated to acquiring things like that and that's not like a tour writer right that's, yeah that's really good hers do- was by far the most ridiculous so there was only a couple things that she demanded there was like a whole list i, I can't recall everything but a whole ridiculous ass list of things that she wanted mm-hmm. it, was, it was stupid i need an alligator named thomas not Tomas, not Tom, <laughs> Thomas. There cannot be an H in the name. <laughs> no, no. If there is, I will not play. But, uh, ironically, an asinto mark over the A. <laughs> it is not Tomas. Like I said, it is Thomas. Um, wow. She, she's wow. had a lot of um, uh, uh, work done. Work done on her face, mm-hmm. and she looks like a completely different person. She looks she, insane. She's like, uh, what's her name? Renee Zellweger now? Worse. Oh my god! It looks bad. Yeah, uh, she should change her name to Madonald. <laughs> all right, that's been the news colony. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Uh, so yeah, that's all we have to say about uh, around the fur by Deftones. Yeah. Um, tell us what you thought. Um, no, I always like your stories. That's that's fascinating. I've that's I've oh, there's a lot really of stories in that place. Mm. It's an, it's an it's an interesting place. I would not I would not recommend working at a venue like that for more than two years because it will ruin your life. Good to know. My I'll my now my... wife, uh, we actually ended up splitting up for like six, seven months. Because of Madonna? Because of Madonna. That son of a bitch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, um, yeah, I don't blame her. It was basically like I was working so much mm-hmm. that like we, we weren't living together at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and she rightfully was like, I, I can't do this. I don't ever see you. Like we would yeah. go sometimes weeks without seeing each other because we would have like a really busy schedule. Mm-hmm. And any time that I got off, I just wanted to go home and sleep and not be around another living soul <laughs> because it was so fucking stressful all the time. Yeah, and your uh, your weekends were pretty consistently fucked too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, because yeah, the, people played on the weekend all the time, mm-hmm. um, and they would be usually huge shows, and so um, and then uh, compounded on top of that, we had a uh, uh, 
a uh, convention center that was like across the street that would have, uh, you know, like uh, weddings and um, like boat shows and like uh, con- like just general convention. Like anybody could rent it out and do whatever they wanted to with the space. Mm-hmm. So we also had to manage that facility. So I was managing like two buildings and I, I was the IT manager. Uh, so I had to like be there for everything in case something mm-hmm. went down. Yeah. And uh, even in the times that I like, wasn't there i was like oh i was on call 24 7 so the security cameras go down at three o'clock in the morning guess who gets a phone call and has to wake up and go up there and fix it that's fucked up and you're trying to commit a crime at that time so it's like right. very inconvenient yeah your, uh, your cell phone goes off you're in mid heist you know <laughs> yeah that's not cool leave me alone i'm, I'm trying to expose myself to uh the senior citizens mm-hmm. and i get a call thanks uh, thanks uh, obama you've blown my cover as human sly cooper this is bullshit. I tried to get a sponsorship from PlayStation. Um, okay, so let's talk about the the album. Uh, yeah. Again, released October 28th, 1997. What's significant about this particular album, Ross, is yes. this finishes out all of the major new metal releases in the timeline for 1997. So this is oh, wow. how we're ending this year. Okay. It's been a, like a, a very good year, it's 1997. It's been a very good year. There's been like a, a couple of mess, but uh, for the most part, it's been like... Pretty fucking solid, right? Some big, big albums Mm -hmm. dropped in 97. Uh, Yeah, we got Head P.E., Others, you know. Uh, Everyone everyone liked that one. Um, That's another thing is like, it's interesting to see, because you and I were actually texting about this earlier today, how people listen to our show. Because, especially since this is just starting out, people are like getting to know us or whatever. We could tell that people are kind of like choosing whichever artist they like. Totally understand. I will do the same thing myself. But um, we hope that people uh, like the shows overall. It seems like our numbers are kind of climbing up on the various podcasts. And actually, um, I did get, I posted this on Reddit, and uh, uh, we we got a comment on it, a singular comment. Uh, Somebody said, that was an enjoyable listen. Thanks for sharing. Oh, nice. So that may be the first Mm -hmm. comment that we've had. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so thanks, uh, Obama, uh, eclectic muso. Oh yeah. On on Reddit. So, uh, much appreciated eclectic muso. Yeah. And, uh, when I, um, or when we did the Brincident episode, the hidden track, 10.5, we put that up. I saw that we had a comment on iTunes under the reviews. Oh yeah. Uh, I think it was from my buddy, Dave from England, Dave Roberts. Shout out to Dave. AKA. Cheerio. (laughs) He uh, he said, uh, I'm glad you didn't die, Brent. So thanks, Dave. I, I appreciate Did that. Did you say anything about me? Uh, anyway, so we're going to talk about the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Um, uh, uh, stage dancer slash equipment mover, Parson uh, Brown. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, no, the, the personnel for Deftones, they're still ah. a, uh, officially a four-piece at the time of this album's recording, right? So we've got yeah. Chino Marino on lead vocals, Stephen Carpenter on guitar, Chi Ching on bass, Abe Cunningham on drums. So that's the, the core four. Um, outside of that, they do have Frank Delgado, who provides turntables on a few songs, uh, My Own Summer, slash, not slash, but parentheses, Shove It, Around the Fur, Die the Flu, Head Up, and MX. And uh, I don't know. It's hard for me to tell if it's like turntables or just like sampling or it's like like sound right. effects or whatever. Um, also, we have Max Cavalera, uh, who provides additional vocals Hell and guitar yeah. on Head Up. He's from Soulfly, Sepultura, 
you know, just uh, new metal music overall or metal music overall. Seems like a good dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> he's my own personal Madonna. Uh, oh, really? No, not really. Not oh, really. Well, I, I, it's just like he's got had beef with his original Sepultura bandmates for a oh. long time. And it's like, you know, you hear about these bands like breaking up and fans are like, how oh, are they ever going to get together again? This happened with uh, uh, bands of note. Um, uh, like Stained was one, uh, not a great example. Uh, Blink-182, you know, uh, oh, right. they haven't officially gotten back together, but it seems like they've kind of got together, squashed some of the, the beef a little bit. I don't oh, know if they're okay. going to be back to touring and recording or whatever with Tom, but um, you you hear about these these bands trying to get together. I do not think that's ever going to happen with Max really? Cavalera and, and his brother and the other Sepultura. I, I admit I don't know a whole lot about Max. I, the, mm-hmm. the the little bit I know about him, he seems like an okay dude. So mm-hmm. if he has said or done some shitty things, um, then I take it all back. Yeah, I like I haven't really researched it a lot, but it I, it does seem like at least for a little while he was taking like every opportunity during an album cycle for Soulfly to like shit on Sepultura. Oh, well, it's that's like man, you, you kind of don't know. I don't know. Sometimes it feels like it's prompted from interviewers or whatever, you know, to stir the pot a little bit. But right, you know. Just leave that pot unstirred. It's fine. You yeah, but... Um, and then finally, for the last additional musician, kind of, is uh, Annalyn Cunningham, who was, at the time, the wife of drummer Abe Cunningham, who provided additional vocals on MX. So... Yeah, I like I, I like I like her contribution to that. I really like that song. We'll get to it. I, I read about it before hearing that, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, does she sing? It's like, no, she's just kind of like talking. But it's it. cool. But yeah, it works. Yeah, for what it does. You know? So, so uh, did you have any more personnel or anything on that? No, no more personnel. I've got some like notes about the the album going forward. But uh, yeah, what you got? Okay, so so uh, this album, um, just I just up top want to say uh, one of my all time favorite albums. Period. Mm. Like, um, it was super super important to me. Uh, uh, when it first came out, I listened to it. Like it was one of those didn't leave my CD player for like six months after I bought it. Wow, I okay. was just uh, obsessed with it. And still mm-hmm. to this day, I listen to it regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and it's, um, I have a playlist called unskippable. So it's oh. like, I put all my albums on there that I'm like, I love every song. And I, I, there's not one track that I would skip. Mm-hmm. And for me, this is an unskippable. So um, it's Deftones, Madonna, Deftones, Cher, Madonna, Nickelback. <laughs> Uh, Creed. Yeah. Uh, uh, what was the one you said earlier? That's uh, shit. Uh, Mighty Mighty uh, Boss Stones. Well, no, I don't no. like Mighty. Uh, who cares? Uh, wait, wait, Stained. There's. Uh, yeah, yeah. Love Stained. No. Like, if you don't want to <laughs> sing, just go take a nap, and then come back when you are full of energy. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. He's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, my my personal experience with this album. Wait, real quick, just... real quick on the the topic of Aaron Lewis. There's yeah. a an uh, interview that I saw earlier this week where he was talking about how he gets all his news, like he double checks his facts and all this stuff, and he went on to say how much he loved Tucker Carlson. All right, anyway, back to you. Well, sounds like a great guy. man. He got a bow tie. <laughs> you can't lie with a bow tie. <laughs> Who can't trust a 50-year-old man with the Justin Bieber haircut and a bow tie? I know he looks like Arcade from the X-Men, but he is not Holy playing around. shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. You're welcome is... for that. Mm-hmm. 
I will never be able to get that out of my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Forever. You've ruined Arcade for me. Oh, I've tried to ruin him for everyone else. <laughs> mm. uh, interesting, interesting X-Men villain. I love Arcade as a character. Yeah. Oh, oh sure. my God. There was that uh, that run of, uh, oh my God, Dennis Hopeless uh, wrote it. It was like Avengers... Uh, was it Avengers Academy? It was like all the kids. Oh, it was like yeah. a, they, they go off to an island or whatever. Right. It's um. It's like that one Japanese movie. I, it's not good to me. Anyway, whatever. It's uh, Battle Royale. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like that. But he was like the main villain for that. It was right. so fucking rad. That was, was good. That mm-hmm. was really good. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that run. Mm-hmm. I have to go back and read that. Yeah. Um. So Deftones around the fur. Now mm. there is something that happened to me um this week that mm. shocked me. Um, Electrocution. I was reading up on the album, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a note saying "Around the Fur" um, is a reference to a woman's vagina. Oh, okay. Which I'm like, that should have been absurdly obvious to me. <laughs> Interesting, because I found a, a different thing. See, okay, okay. yes. Mm-hmm. Now I've heard apparently they uh, the band has actually said two explanations for it mm-hmm. like it's it's like something like uh like how a, a person like like wears a fur coat but it's like ugly on the inside or something mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. but then i saw another thing that said i they had referenced that uh, or some so interview would ask is this about a vagina and they said yes mm-hmm. i think uh probably when they were younger Mm-hmm. that was the meaning but as they've grown older they realize that that's a stupid thing to say yeah. so now say that uh yeah i always assumed it was about sniz you know to put it politely <laughs> you know a medical term um so when i read the thing about the like fur coats i was like oh okay so i you know kind of tracks because it seems right. like something gino would say now but right exactly you know, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 think about the a grain of uh fur uh, so this is the second studio album by the band recorded at Studio Litho in Seattle, Washington, produced by Terry Date and Deftones. So Adrenaline was also produced by them. Uh, so I don't know what they did to like, I don't know if they listened back to it together and were like, oh, that, yeah, we should do it good though. Yeah. We should do We should do a good job this time. Yeah. Um, Sounds like in <laughs> a thousand times better uh just oh, yeah. just like the, the mixing and the and the production on mm-hmm. it now you and i have put our heads together and figured out a way to make the audio on this episode uh when we play the music sound as if it were going to be on adrenaline <laughs> just because you know certainly not because of uh connections uh or you know wires and uh and, and stuff that we have uh hooked up to uh play the music on the episode it's just it's uh, intentional yeah, it's the, how we wanted it to sound. So something, something weird. It's something with the connection. So you may hear a little bit of fuzz in there, but uh, hey, round the fur fuzz. Uh, the connection is made. <laughs> um. So despite the album being highly anticipated in the alternative metal scene, the album entered the Billboard 200 at number 29, which was its peak position, but remained on the charts for 17 weeks. So that's a pretty wow. hefty feat. Uh, and I, I, I was kind of surprised to hear that it was so highly anticipated since that first album, like they, they had to tour a lot for that one and it right. really didn't like have a whole lot of success, you know? Yeah. Um, it seems like they just like toured and toured and toured and eventually maybe they just got a, a foothold in that community. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was like on the release of the, the first single or two, that's when people were like, oh, I, I really want to check this out. I don't know. I mean, my own summer is just like an immediate 
banger. Like mm-hmm. if you're into heavy music, like you hear this song one time and you're like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. Like it's just, it's in, in the, you know, we talk about like, uh, like the best album opener songs. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like this is in the, this is in the upper echelon of just like kicking it off, going to riff city mm-hmm. and hanging out. Yeah, mm-hmm, for sure. Um, in June of 2011, the album was certified platinum or 1 million units sold in the US, the only country that matters. Hell yeah. Um, to support the album, two singles were released and played on radio and TV. And I think they got like fairly uh, heavy rotation uh, there. The two singles yeah. were My Own Summer, parentheses, shove it, and uh, Be Quiet and Drive, parentheses, far away. So it's, it's like the parentheses songs. They were like, these are, these are the ones, you know? Yeah. Um, going over to the, the album title. So what I had found, uh, and I'm not saying that, that you're wrong. I just think that's interesting that like these fucking dipshits don't know. They don't, they don't know why they're naming anything, anything. It's like when filter (laughs) named their album title of record. It's like, yeah, uh, I guess that's cute. Uh, so (laughs) (laughs) this album, um, was named after the fourth track on the album, which I didn't know. I didn't realize there was like an actual song on here. Uh, with that title. Um, I couldn't find anything specifically about the title, but per the notes on Genius, uh, which, you know, from a contributor regarding the song of the same name, uh, it says, the song uses a fur coat as a metaphor for beauty and vanity. Fur coats are beautiful and soft on the outside, but when you come around the fur, (laughs) uh, you find the dead and ugly skin. Chino is comparing people who are vain to a fur coat, saying they could be beautiful on the outside, but dead and ugly on the inside. So uh, I guess this is a statement about like vanity or opulence or something like that. Yeah. I like it better as a, uh, as a pussy reference. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get why he, I, I like probably, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's a little bit of both, you know, it's like mm-hmm. a double entendre. Hmm. Interesting. Is that, is never, that the right? Yeah. I've it. never thought about doubling an entendre. Hmm. I've doubled an enchilada before. That was. You guys okay. want to double up on my? Wait, never mind. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, well, let's talk about the the album cover, and I think it's because of the album cover that I assume that around the fur had something to do with uh, right. Cooter. You know. <laughs> um, so the album cover was shot by photographer Rick Kosick, who is a, a cameraman for like the Jackass Boys. Yeah. Do you yeah. hear about this? Uh, I had no idea. You guys, you guys hear about this? <laughs> Crazy for that one, Jay. Um, so it was it was during a, a late night party in Seattle where the band was recording. And so upon seeing the candid photo of a woman, the band decided they wanted to use it as the album cover. Kosick was unsure who the woman was, so they had to go through a process to track down, uh, track her down so they could use the photo. Um, and uh, she eventually let them do it. Um, the, but like then also I heard that she was friends with like Abe Cunningham or maybe Stephen Carpenter. Yeah, so. the, the woman appearing on the cover is Washington State resident Lisa M. Hughes. Oh, we didn't dox her just now. It's on the internet. Uh, a friend of Stephen Carpenter. So uh, she was just one flat earth walk away. And uh, <laughs> that's what I didn't understand because they were like, we had to, we didn't know who she was. We had to track her down. Well, maybe ask Carpenter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I think maybe it was like with that group of people, maybe it was just like, a loose acquaintance. Yeah, because they're uh, the uh, the mighty mighty Deftones are from California and they're up in Seattle. So maybe it's like he knew her of her, you know, right? But yeah. like, you know, didn't, uh, didn't have her number. You know how like 
when you're like playing in bands, like jamming out in like some space out in the world, you have people just like walk up and you see them from time to time. You don't know them, know them. So, right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Hugh spoke publicly about the cover for the first time on the album's 20th anniversary in 2017. Uh, Chino has since expressed his dislike of the cover, calling it quote, horrible end quote. Um, I don't think it's a bad cover necessarily. Like it's, no. it, it just is what it is to me. You know, I've, I've seen it so many times that I'm just like, right. This is just the cover of this album. And also like, you know, Deftones, like it's not like you guys have like great album covers for the most part. Like they tend to be pretty artsy. I think, yeah. like, especially going forward, mm-hmm. um, they tend to be a little bit more like abstract and artsy. Mm-hmm. Whereas like this may be the association that they had at the time with new metal. It seemed a little bit like exploitative, like just mm-hmm. having like a woman in a hot tub, you know, can seem kind of, uh, you know, like childish or like, uh, like juvenile a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I, I assume that's why, Mm-hmm. Chino's an interesting character. I, I really, I really love the man, mm-hmm. but um, he, you know, has said some things, uh, n- n- none of them like particularly like bad or like mm-hmm. offensive. Um, but sometimes where you kind of like, or maybe roll your eyes a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, still love the man to death. Uh, one of my all-time favorite singers. Period. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, he he can sometimes get a little bit like, okay, buddy. <laughs> he he does tend to fall on the artsy side of life. In almost every circumstance. Yes. So he doesn't seem like a, he would be a fun guy to hang out with. But I mean, you know, maybe that's just what he puts out there to the press. Maybe he's like super friendly and, and whatnot to his yeah. fans. Matter of fact, I haven't really heard anything uh, bad about him from the fandom, you know? No, no. Yeah. Um, there was a, a, a slight, and I don't even know really if it's worth even mentioning, but... Um, so after Chi died, they mm. had another bassist come on and cannot for the life of me recall yeah. his name. Um, it, uh, like Sergio Vega? Yes, yes, like yes. Yeah. Um, and he played with them for like years and mm. years and years. And like over a decade, right? But was never officially, yeah, oh yeah. Like, uh, But he was never, I guess, officially a member of the band. Mm-hmm. But then I've also heard that like, apparently the record deal that they signed was really fucked up. Mm. Um, that's fucked up. It is fucked up, dude. Uh, it was a really weird record deal. And apparently like the management, uh, for them is, uh, really like overbearing and just like mm. incredibly hard to, to work with. Like they <clears throat> kind of got saddled with this and, uh, haven't been super happy with it. So, so I've heard some people say, well, it's like the management would not allow him to be a full-time member that he was always like a guest member of the band, even though he hmm. toured with them and recorded on like, like five albums. Yeah. Uh, but, <clears throat> uh, apparently he just got re- recently got let go and they have, <clears throat> they now have another, uh, bassist, uh, that is like a temporary bassist or something. You're right. I, I heard about that. story. do you think when that happened, the bass player, like the current bass player for, uh, Incubus was like, Oh, Oh shit. <laughs> I'm going to read this contract again. Yeah. 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 I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know the full story behind it, but apparently Chino said some things that were kind of like cryptic and a little bit like, like maybe he was like not happy with him or something. Right. Th- that's really like the only bad thing that I can think of that he mm. has like out and out said other than uh, saying that uh corn, uh, still write songs like a 15 year old emo boy, which I thought was I funny. Mean, 
It's not. I mean, I mean it's true. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> apparently he was like super drunk and he admitted that he uh, shouldn't have said that. Yeah. But yeah. That's, all, that's compared to some of the <laughs> lyrics that we've had from some of the bands previously, that's very tame. Not bad, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. We can deal with that. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about uh, Deftone sound, especially on this this album, because oh, yeah. it sounds so much fucking better God, than the previous so album uh, by light years. I don't know if they like doubled up on the guitars. You would know better than I would, but it sounds like the sound. Oh, for sure. It sounds thicker. It's like a thicker sound, but you can pick out the uh, the guitar versus the bass. Like it, it sounds distinct. Or the instrumentation sounds distinct. Yeah, they definitely tracked it. Whereas I think on Adrenaline they were just playing live, mm. and so there was a lot of like bleed over, and um, it was just, you know, it, obviously like much better equipment, um, uh, and they probably had a lot more experience, you know, uh, kind of dialing in their sound mm. uh, from from Adrenaline because everything just sounds a lot tighter, a lot cleaner. Uh, a lot more like intentional, mm. uh, whereas on Adrenaline, it's it's got sort of like a garage punk feel, which is which is fine. But you know, there's a lot of issues. Like in the mix, there's like almost no bass, uh, mm-hmm. which in this this album they crank that fucking bass way up, mm-hmm. uh, which is something that new metal needs. That's kind of like a staple of new metal is like a heavy low end. Mm-hmm. Uh, approach where you don't always hear that in a lot of rock music. Uh, they tend to put the bass a lot more in the background, which is one of the reasons I love new metal is because mm-hmm. it's very bass forward, um, very low end forward. So to your point, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I think it just sonically, if you go listen to just like listen to 30 seconds of anything off of adrenaline and then go immediately to my own summer. And it's like, holy shit, like mm-hmm. there is a, an immediate noticeable difference in, yep. in the quality of the music or mm-hmm. quality of the sound rather. Yeah. Um, the drums sound great. Uh, they have a nice power behind them. Still have that poppy snare. You hear it from like the very second sound you hear on this album oh, is yeah. that poppy snare. Well, uh, apparently Abe plays a different snare on each track. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn. It was weird, but well, they, he was just, you know, like... He wanted to go for something different on each each track, which works. I would suspect that this these various parties where they were like rehearsing or recording or whatever, like the photo that the album cover has, you have these groups of people hanging around. Yeah, I'm fucking still in ape snare, you know. <laughs> Every night he's got to get a new one. He's <laughs> bleeding this man dry. It's like fuck. I guess I'll get a piccolo snare tonight. I don't know what happened to all my other ones. Um, Chino's voice is uh, very smooth, very ethereal, um, very much uh, a. I don't know if I don't. I don't know. I don't know what his influence is. Like you told me a while back that um, there's some new wave influence for Jonathan Davis. Yeah, I'm like okay. Yeah, I kind of get that, and then. For him, I don't know where this comes from. He was he he was a huge fan of Depeche Mode, um, uh, so okay. like kind of that shoegaze emo y mm-hmm. um, uh, kind of approach to singing. Uh, I I absolutely fucking adore Chino's voice because there's literally no one else out there that sounds like Chino. Mm-mm. No, he like he's on he's in key kind of. But like not so far out that it sounds bad, but also his key, I, he just does so many weird things with his voice. And 
um, it's another thing that I really love in music, which is I, I sort of love the meshing of feminine and masculine uh, in my music. So mm -hmm. uh, like Queens of the Stone Age is another one of my favorite bands mm -hmm. uh, where it's got kind of this like feminine energy, but also this like really aggressive masculine energy. Mm -hmm. um, it's not just like one way or the other. And the, you hear it a lot in this album where you just have this like super aggressive screamy, just kind of like let it all out. And then it'll go into that, this like kind of floaty, beautiful, uh, ethereal, uh, dreamy. Uh, what are some other words? Uh, but no, I, I just, I love the way he approaches singing. It's mm -hmm. not, it's not a perfect voice. Like I've always tried to imagine him like <laughs> on like American idol or something, you know, just singing <laughs> acapella and the people being like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you're terrible. But, uh, I love his voice. I just absolutely love his voice. Mm. I hate it. I think it sounds like garbage. Cool. Um, so we'll, uh, no, it's it's very distinct. Sometimes it works for me, sometimes not. I'm not really like a melody person. Yeah. And um but yeah, we'll 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 get into it later. Um as far as Frank Delgado and his contribution to this Ooh. album, I don't know, man. Like I I can barely tell there are turntables present on the some bitch, you know? Yeah. Uh and honestly, if uh I did not know he was on this album, I would I would I would say yeah. You're right. He shows up a lot more and is a lot more prevalent in the later uh, albums after this, yeah. you know, like White Pony and and, and on. Uh, you can hear his influence a lot more because there's a lot more um, just sort of like... Uh, like textures and stuff. Texture, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just like background texture. But like it still works really well and it's it's, it's a lot more noticeable in, in, in some of the other ones. Uh, like Minerva, mm -hmm. um, which hopefully may, we'll make it to at some point. Um, <clears throat> you can hear him a lot in that. Uh, yeah. He just does this like really haunting kind of like, like I don't atmospheric. even know. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah. it adds so much to it. It's not just scratching. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I really, I really like him going forward. But yeah, on this album, yeah, really can't tell what he's doing. <laughs> he was he was there for a day. He's like, I've got three sound effects records. We're gonna take a tour. <laughs> we're going to go through, we're going to see what we could do. Now, uh, the most obvious version or the most obvious example of what he does to me is at the end of Head Up. There's like this little electronic beat oh, kind yeah. of thing that, that comes in there, um, which I like. Um, but yeah, we can we can uh, move forward there. Um, so the album's total length is 73 minutes, 56 seconds. And I was like, holy shit. I don't remember this album being that long. I was like, uh, I, honestly, when I saw that we were doing this album i immediately listened to it the day after we recorded the incubus episode right and i was like fuck yeah just 10 episodes we can fucking bang this out quick it gives <laughs> us plenty of breathing room to go on our tangents and shit and then i saw it was 73 minutes 56 seconds like what the fuck but then like it's only actually 37 minutes 18 seconds when you <laughs> right. take out all of the silences and the hidden tracks so i was like okay yeah. This is a uh, this is That's a good. gratuitous <laughs> hidden track. Oh yeah, yes, absolutely. They're just milking that shit, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Otherwise, uh, if you want, we can go ahead and start dissecting cool. this fucking thing. One thing, um, totally separate from everything mm -hmm. we've been talking about. We kind of jumped into it today, which mm -hmm. normally we kind of have like a uh, we do a little kind of chit chat 
kind mm. of thing beforehand. I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't allow it. No, no, no. not this time. Mm. My my wife listened to the last episode, and oh. uh, uh, she she's listened to most of the episodes. I don't know if she's listened to everything, but mm. she's listened to most of the episodes. And uh, she she told me she got home from work. She was like, "Listen to your uh, listen to your new episode today." Oh. I, was like, yeah. I always get worried. Like I, I could feel my blood pressure rising. Well, what she happened? goes, she goes, uh, she goes. Well, my only note is that uh, I think you guys just need to do a comic book podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we probably. talked about comics for like twenty minutes. Yeah, you know. And I was like, hey, you know, honestly, is, if uh, we did a comic book podcast, that first twenty minutes would be about Limp Biscuit. Yeah, you know, exactly. What does Fred Durst have going on? You know. All right. So, uh, yeah, we'll kick this off with uh, my own summer and parenthetical shove it. Before you hit play, let's all acknowledge the way this album opens. Here we go. Hmm, Yeah, the adrenaline filter is coming through just exactly how we wanted it to. Yeah, not sure what's going on with that. Yeah, got a little bit of static, but it'll hopefully... uh, drift away a little bit as as it gets further into the song yeah but um yeah starting out with that tom then snare oh. and then goes right to this riff killer riff i mean iconic riff yes absolutely that was one of my notes yeah we have a mutual friend mike d who is a rapper who sampled this and i was not trying... from the beastie boys no. mike d e e might try to find it and maybe tag it onto the end. Uh, might clear it with him first, but he does an in- insane cover because uh, he samples it and puts like uh, uh, he's a rapper, phenomenal rapper, uh, raps over it and uh, just absolutely slays slays this fucking song. Shout out, Mike D. Love mm-hmm. you, man. Yeah, I have that on my hip hop playlist. I can oh, cross okay. it regularly. It's good. I have okay, it on my good. running playlist too. It's good. Yeah, he's, he's uh, awesome. So my own summer parentheses shove it. Oh my god! I know that fucking chorus. Like the the main verse riff and this is mostly the same thing, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's kind of like uh, Lincoln Park's "One Step Closer," where that riff repeats kind of throughout the song, except for like maybe a part here and there. Oh yeah. Um, but it it just like really works. I don't oh, know yeah. what the difference is. I know it's different, but right. it's just like they play it harder or something yeah. like i don't i don't have the then i hear this little like uh post chorus bridge whatever they 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 do change it up a little bit but yeah that that riff is just pretty much repeated throughout the song and it works so there's no guitar here just bass she's scaring the stone bitch and this is where like the sound effects come in so okay. there's the, there's that I one there's that one <laughs> chimes <laughs> it's like chimes but there's also the sound of like turning off a light bulb by using that chain, you know, like a, a pulling on a light bulb oh, chain really? to turn off the light, which I thought was interesting because per Chino, the lyrics relate to his displeasure with the sun after yeah. long nights of recording and it burning his eyes, resulting in him putting tinfoil over the windows to block it out so he can like get some sleep or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, get this fella some fucking sunglasses. This is also a common move by meth heads uh, to block out all the light from hmm. their rooms. Interesting. Uh, Chino has a long history with uh, drug use, and he's been pretty fairly open with it. Yeah. Um, most of their songs are about either drugs or sex. Yeah, so. I believe that after after listening to this. Yeah. Um, he's also said that the song is about how agitated he became while touring during the summer, the intense heat of the crowds, and like people irritating him, essentially. Yeah. So 
kind of um, his idealized summer, which is like not <laughs> dark. Yeah, yeah. I also saw somebody make reference to him saying before that he wished there was some way to have some apocalyptic event to like block out the sun or whatever, you know, <laughs> just so it's like easier for it's him to. to it's like, damn, ever. that's some like that's some emo shit. Um, this song. Was I love awesome. that little comeback there. They do that a lot, where they kind of dip out. You think they're done, and then they just like punch yeah. back in. I, I forgot it. about that when I was listening back to this album uh, this past week. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. They go back into it. Yeah. Um, that song was featured on the soundtrack for the original Matrix movie, and despite the popularity of My Own Summer, it never charted in the United States. Isn't that wild? Like, really? Yeah. I it never charted here. I think it got number twenty nine in the UK. But not here in OK, Lahoma. Not Weird. even a little bit. Yeah. Because I feel like that's the, maybe not the most iconic Deftone song, but it's up there, you know? I would say, like. Um, maybe like Change in the House of Flies is probably the most. Is that have parentheses as well? Change parentheses in the House of Flies? I believe so. Hmm. They love those parentheses. You know? They hey. they got a type. They got a type. There's some emo boys. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I uh, love that song. I mean, it's just, it's unimpeachable. It's just, it's, it's unlike Donald Trump. It's unimpeachable. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's great. It's, it's just fucking, it's iconic. I mean, mm-hmm. I think for new metal, you, you almost can't talk about new metal without talking about that song. Truly. Um, yeah. It's it, almost like the most pure version of new metal. Well, maybe not the most pure version, but it's, it's definitely like a, like a, uh, if if okay, hold on. Mm-hmm. If you had like towers of new metal, right? Mm-hmm. Like that were kind of like their own corner quadrants of new metal, mm-hmm. like like the Deftones quadrant, which is kind of like the more artsy side of new mm-hmm. metal. Like yeah. I, I I would argue that that is like sort of the the pinnacle of it. Um, mm-hmm. It's just it's just beautiful and it's perfect. I I just I love this song so much. Yeah, that's one of the building <laughs> blocks. Is oh he's crying. <laughs> love so much. He's, he's crying and then he's like peeing a little bit too. Just. All the liquid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's okay. I'm drinking the pee. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I keep telling you, you watched Waterworld that one time. You uh-huh. learned a, a lesson about it. Have you heard there's a new thing uh, that like crazy people are doing, um, which is uh, they're saving their urine and fermenting it and drinking it for health reasons? I'm going to throw up now. <laughs> it's a real thing. Yeah. I didn't know you looked at my fridge. People with these alternative health fucking fads are. I. It's it's hard because I totally understand not wanting to be reliant on a corporation manufacturing drugs for us to put in our body, but also like sometimes if I get an intense ass headache, I need an Excedrin. Yeah. You know, no off brand Excedrin. I I ain't got that kind of money. You know, uh, but. <laughs> Um, you know, like sometimes that's just like a quick Excedro. fix. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> Oak Cedron, Ox Cedron. Um, but also like, there's gotta be like a middle ground for some of this shit. Right. Like I, I, I'm, I'm cool with like, if, if there were like an actual like herb that could like, you just like eat it. And then you're like, Oh, I feel like fucking tight eat. I got, I got some bubble kush. It, It'll cure cancer. It's a real heady high, but you're right in the couch. Uh, yeah, dude. It cures everything pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like you can make paper out of it or you can smoke it for cancer. Mm-hmm. I hate that shit. Sometimes I like fucking smoke a fish and I'm like, hell yeah, dude. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, bro. I got it. Uh, let's talk about track two called Labia. This song is about drugs. What? Good crunchy riffs up top. It does. Um, this is a solid second track sounding song to me. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like yeah. that the opening of an album has like a certain punch to it, like on a good album, has a certain punch yeah. to it. The second song should like not necessarily have that same energy, but have like that same quality. Yeah. Quality music to it. This does. I, I really like this song. Oh, the song's fucking great. Um, I, I love yeah. that it's almost unintelligible. Yeah, I, I read about that. Cryptic lyrics, uh, the lyric sheet in the booklet omits a number of the like verses and yeah. I guess other lyrics or whatever. It's like, I understand that bands do that sometimes, but it's like, why are you going half speed? Like, why have a bot? Like, why are you transcribing these lyrics? Right. Just like I don't know. It's weird. We're, we're both admitted. Uh, we're, we're not like huge uh, lyric guys when it comes to yeah. rock music. I mean, I'm, I'm rap most, is different. I mostly don't care. Yes, know? but but I, in, in the same way, like Nirvana um, has lyrics that are just like you can read on Genius, and people like come up with dumb fucking you know theories about what the music means and it's almost always or lyrics it's almost always bullshit i kind of enjoy the fact that they're uh, obscure yeah because you can kind of put your own you can put your own meaning into it mm-hmm. um and, and and i prefer to do that i prefer to kind of like mishear the lyrics and like make it about what i want it to mm-hmm. because it's more fun to me yeah uh, to do it that way. I don't know. Yeah, and there's like uh, a drought of songs being about sock puppets where I'm like, no, this song is most definitely about sock puppets. Sock monkeys. <laughs> sock tigers. Lions. You know, you go down the, the, the animal kingdom. Syphil and Ollie. Oh, my God. Syphil and Ollie. Syphil and Ollie show rock. rock. <laughs> what a great show. I fucking Dude, love that show back in the day. MTV. fucking man. Man, shout out to MTV. Um, not the modern TV though. That's mostly crazy for this Um Yeah. Overall, this is an enjoyable song. I really like the dying of boredom uh, part on the chorus. Yeah. One, I tell what it, what he's saying, and uh, <laughs> that's not like you were just saying. Not always a big deal for me, but it's like, right. oh, okay. So like, this is just I don't know. There's something so simple about it, you know. Yeah. Um, but also on the first album, Adrenaline, isn't. Do they have a song in there called, like, Bored? Yeah, oh yeah, it's the first song. Hmm. Connective Tissue. Chino yeah. likes drugs. Also, eh, kind of bored sometimes. I mean, boredom is one of the, <laughs> I think, the number one reason to do drugs. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, when was the, in my 20s, that was my <laughs> when, excuse. Legitimately, when was the last time you were bored? And I'm not saying, like, bored at work because you're, like, you know, you got shit you're supposed to be doing or whatever earlier today really <laughs> yeah i get bored all the time oh my god i've i could not tell you it has been well over a decade since i've been bored Holy i shit. Ca- i can constantly find something to like entertain myself oh wow never had a problem i don't know if it's because i was like racing only child yeah. i was like oh only the clouds are my friend you know <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll find friendship there but like i do not know like we uh went to mexico recently i had like multiple things loaded on my iPad to do, whether it's reading, watching movies, TV shows, like, I, there was no chance I was not going to have 
downtime to do wow. something, get myself distracted. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, teach me your ways, please. Yeah. I get bored all the fucking time. That's wild. Yeah. No. Yeah. I just like, especially with COVID, uh, where I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to watch TV anymore. I, I get sick of watching TV so much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's true. That's true. I say that. I yeah. like, you know, I'll, I, I like to read a lot, but then mm-hmm. you read for three or four hours and it's like, okay, well it's Saturday. It's two o'clock in the afternoon. We've, and, we've like, done everything. We, we got all of our like chores out of the way, yeah. like mowed the yard. And now it's like, I would like to go and do something like maybe in public or, you know, but I just like, you know, with COVID, I don't really want to take risks. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have some health issues that could potentially be exacerbated if I were to catch COVID. Mm -hmm. So like normally I would go find something to do or I would go ride my bike. But again, my health issues are preventing a lot of that. So, um, I would say like pre COVID, uh, you know, really didn't get bored a whole lot, but, uh, since COVID's happened, man, I I get fucking bored. (laughs) Hmm. Interesting. Um, so like the issue with like reading for a long time, like you said, like reading three, four hours, it's like after reading that long, like consistently, I'm like, I think Jughead kind of goes through the same shit each time, <laughs> you know, he just like, uh, likes hamburgers a lot, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, quick side tangent. Did you mm-hmm. watch the, uh, kayfabe cartoonist kayfabe from a day or two ago? No, no, I'm not current on that. I've been trying to watch some other shit they uh they cover the uh i think we actually referenced this the gen 13 uh a b and c oh no i haven't seen that one yeah i saw them uh what was it they were talking about j scott campbell's uh i don't even remember what it was like an issue of something he did fuck oh no 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 he was um he sent in uh it was uh uh nintendo power he had sent it. He won like a design your own game mm-hmm. when he was like 14 or 15. And he I, sent in a, like a, a yeah. bunch of drawings and like mock-ups of stages and stuff. I saw that. I thought there was a, a newer one that had, I'm going to have to look this up because it, oh, it's going to, it's going to drive me nuts. Um, it was, Oh my God, you're right. Holy shit. Damn. Jim 13 tried to save comics in the mid nineties. It was a crossover with like every fucking buddy. dude. Yeah. We actually talked about it. I think on the head PE episode. Well, we have to, it's a comic book podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's uh, J Scott Campbell draws Thundercats comics. That's what it was. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I from... do remember those actually. If, if, if people aren't familiar, um, <laughs> we are big comic nerds. So very, we're going to make very cool guys. We talk about just new metal and comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, Cartoonist Kayfabe is a YouTube channel run by uh, uh, Ed Piscor and Jim Rugg mm-hmm. and uh, two amazing like indie comic book creators who have a ridiculous amount of knowledge uh, about mm-hmm. comics and the industry. But like almost the the entirety of comics history yeah. is in their brains, or at least they have the curiosity to look into it. Yeah. But they are also wildly fascinated with 90s image era comics which are very much just like extreme trash almost oh but for sure they, they do love it and it's which is great because they kind of grew up in the same time we did uh yeah. maybe ed more than than jim and they have like reverence for it i'm like kind of fuck yeah you know yeah they've had like rob liefeld on several times mm-hmm. yeah i would highly recommend even if you're not like um, a huge comic book fan uh, even if you just have a kind of a passing curiosity about it, uh, just go over to their YouTube channel and look for something that uh, tickles your fancy and just marvel at the way these guys, uh, the the depth of knowledge that they have. Like mm-hmm. you and I, I would argue, uh, 
I have not met anyone in person mm-hmm. that uh, could like outclass us in comic book knowledge. No, uh, even like comic book store owners <laughs> will usually yeah. ask me questions about comics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, because uh, we tend to know uh, fuckload uh, a lot. Of, uh, we know a lot about comic books. Mm-hmm. Knowledgeable, yeah. Uh, these two guys are uh, uh, true, true uh, uh, connoisseurs of the art. Yes, um, yeah, the the art, the craft of making comics. Yes, they get into like the details of of using like whiteout, you know, on ink right. pages or lettering processes and all this stuff. Yeah, duo shade. They, uh, they they for a solid like two minutes talk about like a couple lines that were drawn because Madman shows up in the Gen thirteen comics <laughs> and they talk about like the ink lines and like are debating like how they did like the ink lines on certain things which mm-hmm. may sound incredibly boring and dull to people who are not interested in this type of thing but fucking fascinating to anybody who has a, even just a little bit of interest in art period the thought of that discussion is about to make my pants explode His... off of my body. Dick is get, poking through his shorts. I can see it. Yeah. It, I mean, it's not a lot, but you know, it's like, um, Ooh. it's a ha- half pack of certs, but you know, that is what it does. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, so, uh, yeah. th- there's more comic book talk for, for all of you. Who I know you're it. wanting it and I know you're looking for it. Try to tune in. Hi, Deftones fans. <laughs> Have you come here to listen to us talk about Deftones? Well, guess what? We're talking about comic books, baby. Uh, you want to move on to track three, Mascara. Mascara. There we go. <laughs> this is like a, a mostly quiet song, obviously, so far. Um, but it's it seems like this is kind of early into a typical album to have a song this quiet, you know? I'm yeah. used to having like the first, depending on whether or not the first track is like an intro song or whatever, but maybe like the first five or so tracks be like more up-tempo or like yeah. louder songs before you would get to something like this on a track six or seven. But I kind of like the placement of this. Like, it works yeah. for Deftones, you know? Yeah, slow it down a little bit. Um, and uh, because they, you know, they, 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 this album has a nice ebb and flow to it where it'll slow down, pick up, slow down, pick up. But it, it, it keeps it from sounding boring. Yeah. Um, Chino don't like boring. Hell no, Chino don't it. like boring. He don't like it. Um so this is about, uh, apparently Chino said this is a, was about his wife uh, who hated music. <laughs> I, I kind of wondered, um, I saw somewhere a, a similar note that it was uh, about his then wife. So I, I guess he has uh, changed wives. He swapped out. Uh, yeah. Um, he describes an interview with his former wife uh, where she hardly listened to his music. Uh, he describes a time when she listened in the car with him. After it finished, she had no reaction, which frustrated him tremendously. And I feel like uh, I've been there. I've been there with yeah. music. I've been there with podcasts. I've just been like, maybe just don't listen anymore. Yeah. <laughs> which is like understandable. Like, you know, this is kind of my thing. So my wife doesn't. Sure. This is not for her. We're talking about comic books. We're talking about new metal. Yeah. Not, like, unless we're going through the uh, music catalog of boy band NSYNC. Uh, she is not interested. <laughs> I kind of lucked out that my wife and I share um, uh, similar tastes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff that she hasn't heard that I get to introduce her to. And she, for the most part, enjoys most of it. So I, I got, I got kind of lucky there. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's like not not 100%. Like there's 
she likes things I don't, and I like things she doesn't. It's fine. But the fact that she doesn't like Teacher's Lounge, I, I can relate to this song. It pisses me off. <laughs> That's, wow, wow. Teacher's Lounge, if you're not familiar, go listen to it. Comedy podcast. Best fucking podcast. So, hmm. What is, what is your wife's favorite band? Does she have one? Oh, you know? man, favorite band. Mm-hmm. She really likes Cage the Elephant. Oh, you know what? I can kind of see that. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I, I do, too. Yeah. And I, I wasn't band. like a... I didn't, just didn't... They weren't really on my radar. Um, you know, I'd heard like, a, like one or two songs by them. But when we got together, we listened to them a lot. And I was like, yeah, I really, really fucking dig this. Uh, when you and I were in the band Swagzilla together we played one show yep that's all anyone could handle including us uh we played one show uh in a small bar called the sound pony and just up the sidewalk from us at kane's ballroom cage the elephant was playing at the same time oh so we opened for cage the elephant more or less yeah that's the way i like to where they open for us i don't know Mm -hmm. listener you be the judge you're not interested well cage this elephant baby that's right it's a good song. It, it's um, maybe not the best song on the album, mm-hmm. but uh, I think it's it's got a lot got a lot of interesting stuff going on mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, keeps the album interesting thus far, right? And we'll just let it roll over to "Around the Fur," track four, which I believe was uh, was this a single? Uh, no. Uh, so it's uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm 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 gonna I'm just. Usually don't do this. I'm going to rewind because this, this drum beat fucking slaps. Uh, one of our really good mutual friends, Adam, mm-hmm. uh, is a drumist. Mm-hmm. Uh, phenomenal drummer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, absolutely, like, probably one of the best musicians, uh, for sure, best drummer mm-hmm. uh, I know personally. And yeah. we've, you know, we've we've been friends since we were, like, little fucking kids. Yeah. Wait, oops. Uh, little kids. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, what's the distinction? That I played it back. I was like, yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh but he 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 learned how to play this drum beat and uh uh in like high school and he was like this drum beat is like absurdly complicated, like mm. way more than you would expect. Yeah. Uh it's it's just got like a really it's just really interesting. So I'm I'm gonna just I'm just gonna start this over sure. and play it again. Doesn't sound like it would. Whoa! We get gassed out. Whoa! Dog fart. Oh boy. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> Miles is. Whoa! The boy has eaten. Uh, but it doesn't sound like it would be super complicated. But I've tried to play it before, and it is—it's—it's—it's it's, it's tricky. Well, Abe Cunningham is like one of the premier like rock drummers, right? Yeah. It's like oh, yeah. him, Taylor Hawkins. Uh, uh, David Grohl, yeah, true, yeah. Dave Grohl has some crazy, crazy drum beats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So uh, let's see, where am I at here? Around the fur, blah blah blah. Uh, yeah. Again, the the songs, the lyrics speak to vanity and appearing beautiful on the outside while being ugly on the inside. Allegedly, could also be about uh, Pussy. that fat gash, you know. <laughs> I love that this this is a good example of going from like um, like pretty and in, into heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess this is this is a little bit more uh, heavy, but his his vocal stylings are very like 
uh, soft and kind of like breathy, mm-hmm. and then goes into just this like sc- unrelenting screaming. So, oh, do you have something? I was just gonna wait. Here we go. I love that echo. Yeah. And then he goes back to smooth, but with yeah. like the heavier music underneath it. So it is like a nice dynamic for this particular song. For sure. So you've got like, with that previous song, Mascara, it was very like quiet. And you, you bring some of that into this song, you know, vocally. There's some Delgado. Oh, he done recorded some like pterodons or whatever. <laughs> you put it through a filter? Oh my goodness. Uh, my only other note on this song is that the end of this track goes hard. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we're ramping up to that. It's just like this soft atmospheric, and then, yeah, it just kicks you in the gooch. Mm-hmm. Hey, get your gooches up, man. Get them up. Get them up. Get them up. Put your gooches in the air. <laughs> this is more uh, what Frank does going forward. Mm-hmm. I wish he could still stream like this. He, he fucked up his vocal cords in like 2001, so he can't. Uh, oh, really? Can't do this anymore. Again. Oh. Has just a great scream on him. Mm-hmm. Mm. That was solid. Very good. Now we'll let it roll over. Uh, next up, we've got Ricketts. Track five. Two minutes, 42 seconds. I think this is one of the shortest songs, if not the shortest song on the album. Yeah. Comes out of the gate just strong as fuck. I'll tell you, Ross, the song is the dadgum jam. This song was a revelation to me. Oh. I did not know the song existed. I don't ever remember seeing, like, this track title before. Oh, my God. The distorted whispering on these verses. Yeah. Holy shit. It works so well for me. I guess this is like technically the intro, according to Genius. Who knows how they split up the designation? The guitar. I guess this is technically the verse. But yeah, the guitar is good. That kick drum sounds great. Great Talk about being bored again. What? Man, that scream is just demonic. Uh, I guess in a 97 interview with Kerrang! Magazine, Chino said the song was about people telling him what to do with his life, offering advice that uh, he never seems to listen to, and, you know, even if they're right. So, I don't know. Like, I don't... don't. It's a little bit of a juvenile uh, kind of sentiment for a song, but it's, you know, like, for a young person that's like... They were young when they recorded this, um... You know, that's a, that's a that's an understandable like frustration. You see why somebody would write a song about that. Yeah, but even though the um, the subject matter might be juvenile, they do it in such like an artistic way. Yeah. That oh yeah. Yeah. It just you don't even think about it. You know. Yeah, you put this in a uh, you put the same sentiment in a, in, a, in a band like Cold Chamber. <laughs> Can't go an episode without bringing them up. No. Nope. Uh, it would just it would come across as uh, fucking lame and yeah. try hardy and just. 
stupid, but uh, yeah, they 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 do it a uh, they do it justice. Because mm-hmm. um, even his lyrics, uh, even though they can be kind of like obtuse at times, uh, leave enough there for you to kind of build your own interpretation off of it. Yeah, yeah. Here we go, classic Deftones. Thought it was over? <laughs> yeah. Do it one more time. Yeah. That's cool that they do that, though. I like oh, when yeah. they do it. Because sometimes band, uh, bands will do that live. Yeah. So just like add an extra like chorus or whatever onto whatever song they're playing. Yeah. And we'll let it roll over. Next up, we've got... Uh, Track six. Be quiet. And drive. Parenthetical far away mm-hmm. close parenthetical and again apologize for the uh, kind of odd uh, sound we've got going on I'm not sure we've got a cable malfunction or something so if it sounds a little fuzzy that's why I'll pour some like Kool-Aid on it or something okay that'll I'll make it yeah so this is the second single released yeah. um, so I guess from according to Genius you know again take this with a grain of salt all the salt if you want uh, this song is based on an old Depeche Mode song called Never Let Me Down Again about just forgetting all your troubles and leaving on a trip with those friends on a road road trip type thing. Leaving on a trip with, yeah, going on a yeah. road trip with your friends, essentially. I feel like this is, um, this is kind of where their direction goes from this album forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot more melodic. Still got the heavy edge. Yeah. But, uh... It's got, it's got a lot more melody in it, mm-hmm. and uh, even even in the guitar, not just not just the vocals. Yeah, it, I mean, it has a, a nice punch to it, like consistent with the rest of the album, but also has that like softer, like ethereal, shoegazy type of yeah approach that they adopt going forward. Um, it's a beautiful song. It is. It's really good. I haven't heard the song in years. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. It sounds like a road trip, you know, it but does, like a, a yeah. late night road trip, that type of thing. I, and and I don't know if it's if it's just like an ingrained thing in me, but this whole album feels like summer, mm-hmm. like your own summer, my own summer. Mm-hmm. Bonk, bonk. <laughs> I, I I wore the fuck out of this CD whenever I bought it. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, we we I I grew up on uh, out in the country, so we had like uh, a lot of like land to mow, mm-hmm. and. I would always listen to this album when I write mode. Yeah. Just, and you'd be out there in the sun, your headphones on, and just like... Your five seconds of skip protection. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Having to... <laughs> Remember my CD player like was held together with like duct tape yeah. like because uh, the latch on it broke. Uh, but just, just, I don't know, driving around, mowing and listening to this and just like... Because I could sing really loud oh, and yeah. now there's like, hear, people hearing me. Mm-hmm. And screaming, you know. <laughs> Parents walk out, and I'm just like on the mower, screaming in the yard. <laughs> uh, sure, it happened multiple yeah. times. So, since we're here on like the chorus, like when I first heard this song back in the day, thinking it was the Mighty Mighty Deftones, um, I realized, like on this one specifically, that Chino's voice. And his vocal delivery is so much more distinct from all the other new metal bands that we've been talking about, oh, yeah. right? Like, 
Because I, I never heard Adrenaline at that time. Right. It wasn't until, you know, these songs were coming out that I heard it. It's like, okay, this guy's totally... He has his own thing going on. And it works. Is it? Are they strangling a horse? What is this noise? <laughs> it's just Chino doing his weird vocal shit, man. This is like his version of Jonathan Davis's, like, scatting. (laughs) (laughs) His voice just, like, goes in and out of control. I love it. Um, He'll sometimes, like, hold a note for a while. Or, like, I don't know if that's right. He'll hold, like, a syllable for a long time, but it weaves up and down like all these different notes or whatever yeah. it's almost as if like you took a crayon to a piece of paper and just like try to draw a straight line but you just like did it real loosely and let the the crayon just kind of like go up and down you're gonna have those little perfect squiggles analogy. in there you perfect know analogy. truly no i'm not gonna be sarcastic it really no i don't i know yeah, okay i fucking know i'm leaving no we have more be quiet to i'm gonna drive far away what's the name of the song Chino knew. It's a magician. All right, so that was a, a good song. A very good song. Uh, more on the artsy side, but it's also like, I feel like I could give this to someone who's not into like heavier music. Oh, be yeah. like, oh, here's like a, a good introductory track for you or whatever. Yeah. To that type of, that type of music. But now, then coming up. Mm-hmm. Track seven, Lothian. Just fucking. It's great. Punch uh, punch another fucking banger. I remember back in the day when you let me borrow this CD from you. I l- used to listen to this song all the time. It was like, uh, shove it, and then this song. Oh, yeah. Again, going from just that beautiful to just the fucking raw masculine. Back into the feminine. Ugh. Yeah. It's just, it's sexy. It's like sexy metal. He does a little bit of like rapping here too, where it's yeah. like more percussive than some of the other times he's done similar things on this album. Right. Um, which is great. Like he's, he could vary up his, his vocal delivery a lot. Um, I guess lyrically, this song is supposed to be about how much Chino dislikes the unoriginality of other bands or whatever. At least that's what it said on Genius. I don't know if that's fucking true. I couldn't right. tell for the, these lyrics. Uh, I saw some people, uh, uh, it was like a Reddit thread. People were trying to figure out what band he was talking about. Yeah. And nobody had like a definitive answer. There's but, no way to fucking know. Like, right. It, it, I think like people's inclination is to be like, oh, they're talking about like Corn or Sugar Ray or Head P.E. It should have been talking about Head P.E. But, um, Oh, it could okay. have been like a boy band or some shit. Like it could have been like something he grew. It could have been a, about Dangle Fog Hat. For all we know. <laughs> I, I love. There's a there's a line in there. I don't give enough Jack to give a fuck. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> like damn. Wow, that's so good. Uh, my last note on this one is there's a great little like bass lick on this bridge here. Well, just around the corner, just around the fur. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. has that growl to it. Get it, Chi. Get it. And Chi is definitely doing the back, 
doing all over the album doing the background vocals because you hear that really like demonic scream come in sometimes and i always thought it was chi but or uh, chi no rather uh no chi chi no what but no, Chi Chi has a fucking amazing scream mm-hmm. in that man. Yeah, I saw some uh, live videos of them performing songs from Adrenaline when he was yeah. still alive and you know playing with the band. And like, yeah, it's like he's conjuring something. Man, fucking man, amazing! What a fucking legend. Bass playing is great. His uh, vocal like guttural screams yeah. are just like fresh hell coming out of that. A point. Great bassist too. Damn, yeah, yeah, absolutely, very distinct. Sergio, the bassist after Chi, uh, was a great bassist as well, but it, it's really hard to... I feel like they lost some of their heavy edge whenever Chi died. I mean, and they were all so close. So Yeah. Wasn't Chi a, like one of the principal songwriters as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they all... Because even Chino like played guitar and, and wrote a lot of the songs too. Uh, I like so that, I think they all contributed to writing the music. Just jamming. So fucking good. Go off, King. (laughs) Tell him, Chino. (laughs) Well, hey, speaking of Chi, track eight number, yeah. Track number eight here, <laughs> "Die the Flu." Um, I yeah, I don't remember ever listening to this song before. Um, what do you think about this one? This one is very like bass centric. I feel. I, I I love this song. It's uh, on a song on an album of bangers. They can't all be bangers. The number one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still a great fucking song. Yeah. Um, do you know the uh, so Chi's name is Chi Leng Dai Cheng. So die the flu is she's like I guess part of his middle name. Mm-hmm. Die, I hope I'm pronouncing uh, that right. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess so. When it comes to like the Asian countries, their their names are uh, not structured the same way ours. Right. Um, so yeah, that would be my best guess. It's like Chi is his first name. Uh, Ling Dai D A I is maybe like a. I don't know, like a middle name and like part of part of the you last should name. See Brent's face right now. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm gonna get canceled. Freaking out. How am I gonna get least amount of canceled? <laughs> but you know, like uh, like Spanish or Mexican names. Sometimes you'll see people with two last names or whatever yeah. because they're taking both of their parents' names. Um, I think it has something to do with that, and he's not here to argue with us, so I would assume so. I I wondered if Chi was the primary songwriter on this one because it's so bass forward you know what i'm saying i can see that yeah i love chino's uh, melody on this song on the chorus <laughs> as we go into the verse <laughs> um again doing kind of that like like unintelligible but it, it fucking works it works, it works yeah so good i like that comparison you drew to nirvana earlier because Kurt yeah. would do shit like this as well, right? Oh, yeah. He would change the lyrics up. Like, when they play live, like, the lyrics would be just not even close to what they were on the album just because he either couldn't remember or just wanted to, like, do something different. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there was that one show they played where um, the audience couldn't see Kurt at all, and people were like pissed off about it. And he was like, "Sorry, I guess there was something in the way." Get anyway, out. so on. Uh, <clears throat> hey, Jordan Peele, get out. <laughs> nope. So, <laughs> as far uh, as this song goes, there was, a, I guess, an interview with Deftones World uh, that Stephen Carpenter did. He said it's the only song of the record where he really uses effects. Um, like, all the verses are literally a combination of his preamp, crazy ass distortion pedal over the top of it, and um, like reverb relating to it. Okay. Uh, which is weird because it seems like there are different effects, like on uh, "Be Quiet and Drive." Seems yeah. like there's like other stuff, but I guess here is like a guitar effect, right? Yeah, some like kind some of like, like delay, delay or whatever. Thing. Yeah. Do you think if you order a, a delay pedal and then you change your mind about it, you're like, "Belay that delay." Hello. Check. Check. I'm closing my eyes when I was looking at you. Right <laughs> yeah, now. I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> the hatred I have. <laughs> ah, that melody. Oof. They just have such a groove. Mm-hmm. The the four of them. Yeah. Uh, it's like bouncy but also just kind of like kind of distorted and um, like off kilter a little bit Mm -hmm. but still so tight at the same time yeah it's hard to describe it seems Uh, like they wrote these songs like while jamming you know what I'm saying like yeah I see that and maybe recorded it without a metronome I don't know if that's true but it it, it does have that like yeah. feeling of listening to a band's like raw recorded audio in a way you know Abe Abe really uh, uh, he seems like a just a super super tight drummer that would mm-hmm. would be able to really hold the because uh, he's a technical drummer mm-hmm. um, he, some of his drum beats are just wild technically uh, a drummer obviously a drummer you know it's all right there frustrate yeah mm-hmm. um uh, <laughs> but i'm guessing he probably does a pretty good job at, at keeping a tempo which mm-hmm. i i some people put like an uh, like a super importance on like no you have to obey the metronome and it cannot be off by anything like i hate that i hate that approach to music mm-hmm. um I, I i love it when a band can kind of go in and out of uh, like speeding up and slowing down a little bit. Like, of yeah. course you don't want to do it like wildly, like, mm-hmm. w- like way off, but there's nothing wrong with letting a band just kind of, um, and that was like, uh, <clears throat> whenever Butch Vig recorded, never mind. Mm-hmm. He said he would get frustrated because they would like kind of speed up and slow down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he finally like realized like, Oh wait, like it is better to let them do that it's natural yeah yeah because uh it it just sometimes like that energy needs to build up and you need to kind of pick it up a little bit and like Mm -hmm. there's no fucking rule that says you have to there's no fucking rule that says a dog can't play basketball Mm -hmm. there's no fucking rule Mm -hmm. that they that you can't speed up and slow it down Mm -hmm. yeah that's why look we've all seen the billboards dogs hate metronomes and it's true i have a dog right here Evidently, I think he appears to be breathing. 
Um, he hates metronomes. His butthole certainly breathed a little bit ago. Yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ. Around the fur is his butthole, and it was leaking <laughs> gas. <laughs> it just trying to smoke us out of this fucking place. Uh, well, I love he didn't even wake up. He just like <laughs> let it rip and was yeah. like, here you go, guys. Yeah. That was rancid. I'm sorry. That was what you call proof of life. You didn't even like, you didn't even seem phased by it. Oh my god, dude! Like, uh, I guess I, you're used to it. I have a broken ticker uh, in my nose, right? <laughs> oh right. So right, right. I, I can't really smell stuff for the most part. But last night, as we were going to bed, his ass was like rain, laying right next to oh, me, and he about smoked me out of the bed three times. I was like, God damn. Holy Dog shit. Dog damn. You know, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty rank, but. You know, I don't, I, I feel like that's a thing with dogs and I don't mm. feel like cats fart that much. Um, or if they do, it's just like, you, know, you don't even register. notice it. Yeah. yeah. Like I've had a cat for almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, her name is Samir. She's a sweet baby. Gorgeous. And I love her to mm-hmm. death. Uh, I don't think, I, I don't think. If she has farted, it's never been like audible or stinky. Mm-hmm. Um, I love her to death. Yeah, she's my baby. Yeah, can we get Audible to sponsor this episode? Do you think just based uh, on that? Yeah, mm-hmm. of course, obviously. Hold on, I'm getting a text message. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Audible. It has to be Audible, right? Yeah, Audible. Is that you? Hello. Yes. Hey, hey, Ross. We uh, we just heard your. Uh, Ed, I guess, on, a, on your podcast. Oh, my God. Is this Corinthian Audible of the Audible Fortune? Esquire. Yes, yes. That's, that's me. God, you want to sponsor us? Yeah, we, were, we were thinking about it, but then we were like, I really just want to listen to you guys talk about comic books. And, like, you're talking about new metal a lot. And, like, I don't get it. Like, you haven't even talked about the saxophone player at the Boston's. Uh, okay, okay, okay. But can Blue Chew be our first advertiser? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you guys can be horny as fuck. It's just, you know, you got to talk about, like, some fucking audible shit, baby. You can't get in there. <laughs> anyway, I got to go. <laughs> Bye. Corinthian Audible. Esquire. Es- Sorry. Yeah, he he's very particular about that. One thing I'm very particular about is track nine on this album. This is my favorite fucking track on the bitch. I listen to this song regularly all the time. Your metal man. playlist, running playlist, uh, fucking playlist. I've got, I've got one that's like, uh, uh, I haven't had a chance to use that one yet. Uh, but I've got it on my like Riff City bitch playlist. It's just, it's, it's everywhere. Is it called Riff City bitch? It's called Riff City comma bitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love you. Thank you. This is. This song feels like a band is playing at a house party in a packed living room, and like somebody just started playing this riff. I think this, uh, I don't know who wrote this riff. It could have been Max Cavalera. It could have been Stephen Carpenter. could have been uh, Tom Petty. I don't know. There we go. If this was played in a house party, the house would be smoldering. Nothing. It would be destroyed. Absolutely. But that's what I picture in my head all the time. Red Solo cups fucking flying in the air. Tricycles flying in the air. Uh... <laughs> A Winnebago flying in the air. <laughs> God. You you get a break. You get to be like, okay, let me retie my shoes. I th- that was a crazy song. I can't believe... Oh, God, it's going in here. The opening riff on this song goes so fucking hard. It's incredible. Um, Max Cavalera from Soulfly slash Sepultura is on guitar and vocals on this. Um, 
Do you know about the like what the song is about? Yeah, his yeah. stepson uh, died. Dana. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know how he died. I thought he got murdered, but I guess he died in a car crash. Yeah, I don't know. I, like I heard it was a car crash, but I, I couldn't find a whole lot of info about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, obviously, it's going to be something that affects Max Cavalera. Uh, evidently, Deftones as a band was good friends with Dana as well, yeah. and so they got together, kind of wrote the song. Uh, almost in tribute to him, in a way. And this is where Soulfly the band came from. Yeah, because that's what they say in that, in like the chorus, right? Yeah, Soulfly. Max, how there's like these like distorted growls and just like yeah, right there, Soulfly. So on the bridge lyrics that are coming up, Gloria Cavalera, who is Max's wife, um, and Dana's mother, grabbed some lyrics she found at home that Dana had written across a flyer that said, walking through this world, you have to hold your head up high. Yeah. So that's where... I, I love that they incorporated that into this song. Yeah. That makes it... I love the song anyway, but that little detail adds so much to it for me. It just bounces. Mm-hmm. So, um, apparently, when they were recording this, they were going so fucking hard in the, in the booth. Uh, Max said he looked over at Chino, and Chino had somehow, like, busted his nose, and blood was, like, gushing Damn. out of it. But he's still just, like, screaming his fucking head off. Yeah. You can just feel it from his performance. Similarly, you and I know a person who had a nosebleed in high school uh, at lunch. Uh, there's a, a someone of uh, I don't I don't even want to put his name out there, but it was uh, a a, a uh, uh, more frail uh, person that was kind of around our group of friends, not necessarily a, a direct part of it. Okay. He sat down to eat a piece of pizza and his nose started bleeding for no reason. Do you not remember this? I don't. Oh my god. Yo, how about this? I'll say his name is Matt. But that oh, rings a bell for okay. You. Yeah. 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 I know. You, oh. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, this makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. He. Um. Uh, this guy, we'll call him Matt. Um. Uh. <laughs> should I tell this story? Uh, uh, if you'd like, we're we're just killing time here. Uh, real yeah. quick. Uh, when this album was released on Spotify, it contained an alternate version of this song running a full minute longer than the original release. Is this this is from Spotify, this right? Is from Spotify, but I. Yeah, like the end of the song anyway is like a minute of just like this, just yeah. like noise and the, and the band kind of trailing off, and then on the Spotify version it's an extra minute of that, and I think it culminates in some like sound effects or whatever. But yes, yeah, yeah you've got. Yeah, it doesn't really. So, uh, so, so we had uh, this friend. We'll call him. We'll call him Matt. That wasn't his real name, mm-hmm. um, but uh, <clears throat> he was uh, a very odd fellow, and like you said, not really part of our friend group, but more. Uh, like tangentially associated mm-hmm. with us, uh, we tolerated him. Let's say, yeah. Um, he was a proto weeb. Um, <laughs> he was a uh, he was an anime guy, but like pre. The, I mean, before he, that was cool. He right? wrote. The, <laughs> yeah, he wrote the book on being a weeb. Um, he, at one point, asked me if I could find him some ecstasy. Mm-hmm. Because he wanted to 
drug one of our female friends because he thought that he would uh, get to make out with her or possibly more. Mm-hmm. Um, if only he could get some ecstasy and give it to her. Um, I obviously was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Mm-hmm. She's our friend and you want me to get you drugs so you can drug her and take advantage of her? Mm-hmm. And it, it's doubly bizarre because we only ever heard him talk about like the geekiest possible shit. Like we're, oh. we're dorks, but like he is like Uber. a couple, <laughs> couple levels up from that. Yeah. Uh, and like, we only heard him talk about like nerd shit. And then all of a sudden he's coming out of the blue. Like we didn't know he liked our friend at that time. Yeah. And then like, he's like, what an odd request. Like, why would you verbalize that to any other human? You know, I know, especially when you know, they're friends with that person and have been for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so obviously I was like, well, I need to tell her because (laughs) she, he should not be allowed anywhere near her drink or, uh, or it, you know, never take anything from him because, uh, he's trying to, you know, take advantage of her. Yeah. So I went and told her obviously, and she confronted him and freaked out as Mm -hmm. she was right to do. Sure. Um, and he got upset at me because I told her that he was trying to drug her and potentially rape her. Mm-hmm. Fuck me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so he got so mad at me that he wanted to fight me. That's where that stemmed from. Holy shit. This is I remember where it this. came okay, from. Yeah. yeah. So he wanted to fight me. Um, now, I'm not like the, the buffest guy in the world, especially back then. I was very, very skinny. Right. Um, they they call you Brock Lesnar Jr. now, but you know, like yeah, yeah, at yeah, the yeah. time, yeah. Uh, I'm fucking ripped. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. look me up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I've I've always I've always been in like decent shape. Uh, uh, even back then, I you know I was I was very physical. So like, and I had taken martial arts, so I like I kind of knew something about mm-hmm. uh, fighting, especially. And I <laughs> I was more than convinced I would win in a fight against him because he was. Uh, probably like 105 pounds dripping wet. Honestly, he ate a piece of pizza and got a nosebleed. So that <laughs> that pizza, like that should give you an idea of what his like fighting skill is. Yeah. So so he wanted to fight me over this, and I was over the fucking moon. I was ready for this fight, and I mm-hmm. said I said Matt, we can fight, uh, but under one condition, uh, you have to let us film it, because I wanted <laughs> I wanted video proof of me. Uh, destroying him because I was mad. I was fucking pissed off at him. Um, yeah, like of all possible reasons to want to fight someone, like being pissed off that they let their friend know that you were trying to like sexually assault them. Yeah, that, there's no. Come on. Pretty sure I'm in the right here. Re- reality was on your side at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he was like, okay. And so we had this all planned out, and oh my god, I was so fucking looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. And like the day before the fight, maybe into the day of the fight that we had planned, he comes up to me and he goes, Ross, I don't believe that we should engage in this fight because I am afraid that my dragon rage <laughs> may come out and I may end up hurting a friend of mine that I care about. Damn. Yeah. I forgot about the dragon rage. Dragon rage. Yeah. Cause I used Matt, to tease him or all the time. We'll call him Matt. Yeah. I said, Matt, don't worry about it, <laughs> mm-hmm. buddy. Don't worry about it. Because mm-hmm. I was—I just wanted this to happen so bad. I was mm-hmm. like, just, just don't worry about it, bud. Mm-hmm. We'll fight. I can handle your dragon rage. Mm-hmm. I'll be okay. Yeah. I was like, no. I'm afraid that I might go too far. Go too far. 
go too far. <laughs> go too far. I was so disappointed. I was yeah. so fucking ready for this. Yeah. Uh, but it never happened. This is like our senior year, so obviously. We we went to a small school, but that that uh, news story caught wind pretty quickly amongst uh, all of our, our classmates, you know. It was yeah. just, everyone was looking forward to it. It's like, is this... Is this gonna happen? It, it was, was. It was almost like too good to be true. I know. It was like, beautiful. And I'm not saying like it's good to beat up nerds, but it is good to beat the shit out of people who are potentially going to sexually assault women. You know. Agreed. That's that's our perspective of of the thing. Yeah. Again, we are dorks, so it's not. We would put ourselves in a locker if. If <laughs> if, if our school was able to afford that <laughs> that tall of a locker, you know, that would have been something we could have done. Um, he went on to name uh, his son Sephiroth. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> so uh, people may think that's a joke. That is 1,000% mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Uh, there's a child out there named Sephiroth. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you're listening, I said the fight still is uh, uh, an option. <laughs> if you're, if you want to go, please, <laughs> please dear God. Okay. So that we was just... head up. That was just, uh, that was a plus. Mm-hmm one of the best songs on the album, if not the best song on the album. I was going to say S tier, one of the S tier songs on here. Beautiful. We actually just got an email from dragon rage, 69, 666 that says fights on bitch. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Siri respond. Yeah. Hello, Ross. <laughs> I am here to <laughs> translate your thoughts. Spanish Siri. Hola. <laughs> 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 Senor, uh, what was the what was the Felipe? <laughs> because we, we we didn't have a Spanish equivalent name, so right. Uh, you used Felipe, and then I had Spanish the the following year or uh, following semester. You used Felipe as yep. well, did you? <laughs> yeah, it was a legacy. We're real. <laughs> yeah. Nothing if not consistent. You know how like people go to like Harvard or whatever. It's like we're a legacy family. It's like uh, Felipe <laughs> is a legacy trash person of. <laughs> damn near flunking spanish (laughs) god i hated that class Mm, yeah i fucking hated that class uh spanish as a language is fine but the Mm -hmm. the the class and the teacher was we did not have a good teacher for that didn't have a good teacher for spanish nor algebra no it was it was she acted upset on day two that we weren't catching on it's like uh lady this is a foreign language Mm -hmm. i've never spoken this yeah uh how about you shave your armpits before you wave your arms at me like that she does. She had hairy armpits. People want to have hairy armpits. It's fine. But it was just, it was, you don't want to see that, you know, as you're trying to learn. It's distracting. Yeah. I don't want to see like a man's hairy armpits either. What are we no. talking about? Track, uh, track 10. Cancel. <laughs> track 10. MX. Longest song on the album. Just, you know, based on the actual like song contents itself, not the the silence. Yeah. Therein. Uh, the song has the female vocals on the pre-chorus by Annalyn Cunningham. This is a good example of, uh, again, the feminine meeting the masculine, literally in this case. The yin meeting the yang. Ah, great bass line in there. I love this part. Just sounds like he's drowning in the water. <laughs> yeah, it does. Sexy. It's sexy metal. They're, they're just a, they're a sexy metal band. 
It's like them <laughs> and uh, Poison and um, definitely. Are you, are you telling me that Ricky Rocket didn't hear the song? It was like, <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. We should cover this shit live. Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> <laughs> I love the maniacal laughter. I know, it's this, great. It's wild, man. I, as a person who's, uh, who's written music and like come up with like you know like guitar parts with melodies, mm-hmm. um, I would argue it's one of the more difficult things to do is to come up with like a uh, like a catchy uh, kind of like original melody, mm-hmm. you know, um, and. The melodies that Chino finds within the riffs are like I don't understand how the mind goes to that place. No, you know how like sometimes someone will play a melody of a pop song on a piano and like, oh, that's the song by Christina Aguilera or whatever. Right. Like if you were to do that with any song by the Deftones, like any vocal pattern that Chino sings, you would just be like it would be somebody holding down like the D key for like 12 minutes and then like kind of shifting back and forth and like wavering in between ones. But there's no like real like recognizable vocal pattern really. He wavers a lot, but like in a good way, Mm. like he goes in and out of just the the most like obscure melodies. It's, 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 it's almost like, I mean, maybe not the perfect example, but like uh, System of a Down, mm-hmm. where they will find really, really interesting, unique melodies in in their riffs. Um, and I really, I would kind of put them in the same camp as Deftones, where it's like, they're new metal, but they're like artsy new metal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna, we gotta do that, right? They're new metal. System of a Down's new metal. Yeah, we just okay, haven't good. got there yet. I haven't yeah. listened to system over down a long time I'm interested in doing that I hear the drummer has some really astute opinions about politics which is wild because the rest of the band seems like very much like lefty progressive and he's like he's the outlier which especially sucks because he's like a big comics guy I know we should start talking about comic books on this podcast I think people would like that maybe think about that Mm. Yeah. I guess he had to like convince her because let me back up. the The music was written for the song, and the Chino had like lyrics and a melody set up for it. And he yeah. was recording it, and he said he didn't like it, so he like scrapped it during like the actual recording process. Wrote this whole new thing, and it became what the song is. And then. Uh, Abe's wife was there and he had to like convince her to be like no come you know do this part and I don't I don't think it's like overly sexy you know what I'm saying like it's not anything to be embarrassed about oh sure right but it is like like you're saying it does there's a a sexy quality to that vocal delivery yeah even though it's not like eh, like like Britney Spears will do that uh, you know that type (laughs) of thing you know which is like mid queef Right. Um, you don't get that there, so. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird because you don't you don't hear that very often. Like you don't hear a lot of songs that have um, 
like well i guess i guess pop songs do it uh like with like rap and then like having like a uh, like a sung mm-hmm. uh chorus from like a like a female singer uh but in rock music i feel like it's a lot rarer to hear a song with like a male and a female vocalist mm-hmm. especially trading off back and forth rather than yeah. like wake me up wake me up and fight <laughs> Okay, so this is the this is the the we're into the hidden track. We're in the silence. Yeah, the sound of silence. So I I didn't I didn't um I have the the time codes for the for the bong hit. Uh huh. So if you want to go forward to nineteen minutes thirty two seconds, we'll hear this ode to joy. It's like twenty three seconds long. So it's it's just it's just a it's just a bong. It's just a bong rip from a from an answering machine on like cheese. Well, don't spoil it. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. So they're smoking a zong, which is a specific type oh, of bong. What is that? Um, Made out of zebra. It's a bong, but it goes in like a Z in the middle. Oh. Um, and they were like a, a very famous like bong brand. Um, and I have the exact same bong. Damn. Like the exact same bong. Because I've seen a picture of it. I have the exact same zong. Interesting. Do we know who did that the voicemail or the answering machine message? Like which I, of them? All I heard was it was I think I think it was Chi and uh, I'm guessing Carpenters, <laughs> mm, yeah, uh, voicemail. Okay, yeah, um, but yeah, that's all. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's the entirety of that in track. Uh, moving forward to 32 minutes, 36 seconds, we have an actual song. This one's closer to like five minutes long or whatever it's called uh is it damon d-a-m-m-o-n-e wait D- how do i spell it d-a-m-o-n-e damn one damon <laughs> um canceled you <laughs> shit uh i think this is a i think this is really interesting <clears throat> because a lot of uh like hidden track uh, like actual songs a lot of times are like throwaways or just kind of like fuck arounds goof arounds fuck offs you know they fuck off the goof around it is good time yes, it is yes. good mm-hmm. it is uh, we fuck we have good time mm-hmm. uh, hello puppy there is a dog in my lap uh hello puppy he's he's locked on Brent for got a new Brent got a new doggo uh what was it taz taz yeah he's a taz is a he's a he's a trip he's the most dog dog we've ever had <laughs> But uh, he he means well. He's he's a sweet boy, but he's he does not understand personal space or you know most things Would in reality. Okay, oh, come on, hop hop he's, down. He's People love this. Taz, come here, buddy. What you doing, bub? This is great radio. Yeah, it's We're great. We're just waiting for Good the. It's, it's about to kick in here. Oh, wait, hold on. I I didn't go far enough. <laughs> Shit. Uh yeah, thirty two. Uh oh god, he touched he touched my iPad. It threw me off here. Yeah, thirty two, thirty six. But no, what I was saying is uh, a lot of times like the, there'll be like, we're like a funny song or like a goof around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this sounds like a, it could be like a, like another track. Like mm-hmm. it sounds like a fully produced, written, serious song. You know, the only thing that stands out about it for me is that it's like, 
it's like the fastest track on the album. So maybe like from a, a pacing standpoint, maybe that's why they hit it down there. In. I guess like maybe. I don't know. Oh my god, Taz. <laughs> he is he is obsessed with you. Yeah, you gotta throw that in there. Why for are you listening to new metal? Man, Tasmania. That's a, that feels like a forgotten. Uh, it feels like a forgotten show. Yeah, nobody I know. talks about that anymore. Um, how come Tasmania isn't on Disney Plus? Is it not? Oh wait, it's a WB show. Yeah. <laughs> Why isn't it on HBO Max? I don't fucking. Maybe I don't is. know what Warner Brothers has going on right now, man. Jesus they, Christ! They like canceled Batgirl, a movie that was already fully filmed and in post production. I don't know, man. And has Brendan Fraser in it? And it was directed by uh, the guys who directed uh, most of the Miss Marvels, uh, Miss Marvel oh, yeah, TV yeah, yeah. series. That's right. Yes, come here, dude. Stop. He's really oh. wanting in my lap. He is. I don't know what his deal is, man. Getting on this shit. Go lay down. No. If you're a fan of this song, we apologize. Yeah. <laughs> we were just talking about dogs. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a good song and shit, but, you know, this dog is, is losing his goddamn mind. Hey, he's, he's going wild. But, yeah, this is a... Uh, I, I like this song, you know. I, I don't really know what the song is about. Like, I read the lyrics, and it seems like maybe relationship troubles or, yeah. like, codependency issues or... Uh, uh baby? Uh, he's bored. <laughs> Have you watched the new Beavis and Butthead? No, I I, uh, the, I need to. I the, just, the series just started, yeah. so there are two episodes of that, but then also uh, the movie that came out before that. Oh, my God. The movie is so much fun. It's uh, it's almost like oh, Beavis and Butthead do America, do America right. but it's uh, a little bit more cosmic. There's some like Jack Kirby influence Ooh, in okay. it. Um, what is it called? Uh, Beavis and Butthead do the universe I think. I think i think that's right yeah. oh my god worth a watch i would like okay. i was surprisingly into it and they're doing a uh they're doing a show right like the show's coming back oh yeah two paramount. episodes are now available on paramount plus paramount oh, plus i guess by the time this episode comes out maybe check that three out. possibly four episodes yeah. could be five might be six i heard there's <laughs> gonna be a seven speaking of paramount plus have you watched uh, strange new worlds i've seen the first episode about it a little yeah. bit, a little bit. dude First episode, fucking amazing! Mm-hmm. Like I love that show. Seems to be universally. That's what people gravitate toward. Omniversally, Ga- galaxy versus galaxy. What? I'm losing it. It's getting late. <laughs> Strange new world of versalously. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, can't recommend it enough. Well, one of the one of my favorite. One of my favorite shows that I've seen this year. Hey man, hey, set facers to fun, dude. Hell yeah, dude! It was it was great. I hear that the episodes are more standalone. Oh, they're all like pretty much standalone. Yeah. yeah, but like the characters you love, you know, and it's like the time fun. It's uh-huh. like fun and interesting and like really unique ideas, and it's what Star Trek should be. It's like interesting problem solving. Yeah, that type of thing, you know. And one of the cool things about Star Trek. Uh, that may, may be a little bit difficult for, for like, writers because uh, uh, people who are more used to, like, television writing where the, the drama usually comes from conflict between the characters. Uh, but in Star Trek, like, the idea is we're past that. Right. Uh, like, everybody, for the most part, gets along now. Um, especially in, in, you know, Starfleet, which is supposed to be this, 
um, this organization where it's like the best of the best. Right. Uh, and so you don't, the conflict doesn't come from just like misunderstandings between the characters. Mm-hmm. Like the conflicts are, uh, they out there, you know, they're out there in the, in the universe and they they have to problem solve. Mm-hmm. It's so refreshing to see like a group of adults who are working together, who, if someone has a problem, they like, yo, they'll help solve them. it. Check out the hook. Well, uh, Spock, Spock uh-huh. can what? Um, solve it. Solve it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's 10 30 and i'm i'm uh slowly slipping i'm sundowning right now hell yeah dude uh but no it's it's just it's such a refreshing show to watch like i just love that like um like i said it's like it's like how a workplace should work like mm-hmm. we're all fucking adults there shouldn't be petty little bullshit going on like we should all be working together to like achieve a goal and that's what like the show is about and it's what star trek should be about um, anytime there's a disagreement, they talk it out like adults and like figure out and walk away. Both parties are happy with it. You know, there's not like artificial drama because of like misunderstandings, which is what so many TV shows I feel like rely on. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, it's just, it's just good sci-fi, man. It's good stuff. It is truly. I highly recommend anybody out there watch it. I mean to go back to it and pick up episode two. Moving forward, I just haven't had the chance yet. Been busy yeah. with other stuff, other stuff, other, other stuff chef. as well. Mm-hmm. It yeah. like it like it's really cool because like it just gets better and better too. Like the more like oh, cool. the further along it goes, like and the more you get to know the characters, like it just gets more and more enjoyable. And like mm-hmm. by the end, you just love everybody on the show. Like oh, the nurse, Nurse Chapel. Oh, brother, she have a skull painted on her face. I wish. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good ref. Yeah. Good pull. Um, Spawn. No, she's like, she's got that like, uh, that like kind of silver hair that, uh, mm. you know, like, like women do. That's mm-hmm. like white silver. Dude, I was just talking about this. I love that people do that, especially since I'm going more and more gray. I'm like, <laughs> oh yes, they're coming up to meet me at my age. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Works for me. But she's, she's again, she's like a smart, intelligent, sexy I just, I love her character. Hmm. Absolutely love her. Just in love with her. So, um, but, uh, my, my, my wife, she loves Spock. She, she, she thinks Spock is just super sexy. Yeah. She said it's the personality that really does it for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what she likes. Me. Just exudes. Yeah. Because I am like Spock. Mm-hmm. I am Spock. <laughs> Great. Great impression. Captain, have you heard this new Incubus album? <laughs> quite good quizzically it is called science mm-hmm. i am the chief science officer captain query <laughs> uh, query siri oh fuck <laughs> i'm gonna loop again uh so yeah that's pretty much a review of that hidden track song <laughs> this is how we do you we know, actually stayed we that. actually stayed pretty focused on this one I think, well, for the we, most we part. tried for the most part but look uh i feel like the the audience is here for us discussing and reviewing the album we're here for the tangents we all win we all win you know um so let's rate this album out of zero to seven new metal guitar strings ross i have a feeling i know where you're going on this one but let's go ahead and let it rip what do you you say on around the Fur by deftones well for the second week in a row i think this is maybe the first time it's happened second week in a row Mm -hmm. i'm giving this one a big old fat 
Seven stars, baby. I mean, strings. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> uh, seven strings. I, I think we did that for Sugar Ray's Floored, followed by Limp Biscuits three dollar bill. Okay, y'all. I'll no, do it back and check. Right. I keep meaning to go back and write down our, our ratings for the various <laughs> yeah. albums. I just haven't done it yet. But yeah, seven stars. Yep. Fuck, seven strings uh, for you on this one. <laughs> you got me on that one. Uh, but uh, for me, this one is like a five, right? So not oh, wow. to take anything away from it. But again, I just, I know the feeling I get from a seven string album. Yeah. I'm not quite there yet. I do okay. enjoy this album quite a bit, way more than Adrenaline for uh, right. mixing and like audio issues. But um, overall, I think this is an incredible step in the right direction. Yeah. So much so that I'm very much looking forward to listening to their next album, which is White Pony. I, Ooh, yeah. I venture to guess it's a reference to drugs of some sort. It is. Yeah. Cocaine. Heroin. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's yeah. more of an upper guy. Uh, he, he likes uh, cocaine, speed. Oh, I thought you were saying he was top heavy. Well... <laughs> Well, uh, have you seen? Uh, I think I, I believe I did send you the picture, uh, and I did check today. It has been changed. His his Wikipedia uh, picture, uh, I, like as, as of a couple months ago, was shockingly rude. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we might, we might put that, I'll, I'll send it to you. We'll put that in the Instagram, okay, uh, yeah. in the Instagram post. Uh, uh, they've changed it and it is a much better picture, but like literally they could not have picked a worst picture, worse picture for his, uh, Wikipedia page. It is astonishingly rude. <laughs> Good Lord. I don't remember this at all. Oh, it's, it's, uh, it is bad. Um, well, let's go ahead and, uh, as I'm trying to like type and speak at the same time, that's not, oh, okay. Yeah. That one. Yeah. He looks like he's going to Flavortown. (laughs) (laughs) He looks like a garden gnome that's like, (laughs) that lost his hat, but is also like, did he eat it though? Yeah. Well, uh, I'll send it to you. (laughs) Okay. Um, Beyond that, uh, let's discuss where new metal is at this point. Probably not a huge amount of changes leading up to this, but with this album. Leading up to it, no, because I think that the last one that kind of moved the the needle a little bit was Three Dollar Bill, Mm -hmm. y'all. But I think with this one, we're seeing because before this, really, Corn and Limp Biscuit were the people that were not. immediately plugged in or interested like so more, more the layper your average mm-hmm. person yeah. knew the corn and the limp biscuit mm-hmm. um but i think with this album uh i think new metal gains a level of respectability because mm-hmm. it is more in an artsy direction it is not so kind of crass and juvenile it's not um uh, which i'm not look i'm not knocking it because three dollar mm-hmm. bill y'all is one of my all times uh and uh fucking love corn but uh there was an air of maybe like, oh, this is kind of maybe a fad or this is like uh strictly for the children. Right. Mm-hmm. But but with this with with this album, um I think this is this is a big legitimate step for new metal. Mm-hmm. Now it's gonna get quickly taken away over the next couple of years <laughs> and the Deftones will move in a different direction, uh smartly so. Um they they evolve. Whereas a lot of the, a lot of the new metal guys, uh, a lot of the new metal bands sort of either stay the same or just kind of get like boring because they're trying to repeat their past successes. Please don't get bored. Please don't be boring. Chino cannot handle it. Bo- 
but I think with the Deftones, it's like, oh, hey, uh, you can still do this kind of aggressive, um, uh, like rhythm, like kind of upbeat rhythm, like rap rhythm mm-hmm. um, style. And it's not just a gimmick. Like they found a way to make it um artsy for lack mm-hmm. of a better term yeah and so i think this album really gives new metal in general a, a sense of legitimacy and um i i, I kind of feel like in a way mm-hmm. for as much as what corn and limp biscuit has done so far i feel like this album actually moves new metal forward almost more than those two albums. Like, hmm, because it's, it's sort of like people are like waiting to see like, Oh, there's this new, there's this new sound coming out of like California, um, <clears throat> primarily California. Uh, but I think people are sort of like, yeah, again, like, is it a fad? Is it just like a, a kind of a fluke that a couple bands are doing? Mm-hmm. But no, I think this is like, uh, cause like metal heads were kind of like skeptical about Limp Bizkit and Korn mm-hmm. for the most like hardcore metal heads. Yeah. But I feel like this is like, Oh shit. Even your hardcore metal heads are like, okay, this is fucking cool. Yeah. And so it's bringing them into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like this is, is really moving the needle in like a, in like a positive direction. That's a really good point. Yeah. I feel like this album is a bridge to an unreached bit of that market. Right, so it's yeah, like the yeah. the more melodic side of metal. Uh, people who might enjoy Judas Priest and Iron Maiden over, um, you know, Corn or Snot or something like that. Yeah, uh, this might help bring them into the fold of new metal or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. into the fold and around the fur. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a uh, a good look at. Um, the final album for 1997 on the new metal timeline. So beginning on the next episode though, oh boy, we're going to start 1998. We had such a good year with 97. There are a couple of hiccups, but for the most part, incredible year for new metal. How are we going to start off 1998? Oh my God. I don't know what this is. I'm excited to hear. So on the next album or the, the next episode of, uh, Nudist Colony. On the next episode of Dragon Ball New Metal. <laughs> We're going to discuss an album I was surprised and delighted to see was, in fact, labeled as New Metal, and I got it from multiple sources. Three of them were Tucker Carlson. <laughs> um, no, it is the album www.pitchshifter.com by yes. Pitchshifter. Holy shit. It, this album was also a revelation for me. I, I bought this album on a whim. I heard the song genius and I was like, that song's good. I wonder if the rest of the album is good. Spoilers. It is. It's a really good fucking album. Uh, I haven't listened to this in close to a decade, but like the entire album, uh, but genius. I listened to, uh, more often than that. I would say. Yeah. But, uh, but man, this song really brings in the electronic flavor that new metal would begin to incorporate. And then also this is the first album that is not based in America. Oh, because everything else is either out of like California, Florida, um, Atlanta, you know, with seven dust. Yeah. But yeah, this is the first time we're going to jolly old England. So Dave Roberts, you know, of Erie international fame. (laughs) This one's for you, buddy. 
or I guess the next one is, you know? So, but uh, yeah, so check that out. That's going to be on the Nudist Colony Spotify playlist. You've got the link to that in the show notes, so you can check it out. Uh, you can email us, nudistpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at nudistpod. Ross, on the 13th episode, the accursed 13th episode oh, of this shit. podcast, this was a delight to discuss with you. Do you have anything else yes. to say about this episode? About the episode? You know, I don't, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how to end this. Yeah. Siri? <laughs> yeah, hello, brothers. Siri, I'm, my wife just left me. I'm, I'm spiraling, Siri. I've, I've been drinking too much. I've been, I've been hurting myself. I've been taking risks. I'm really struggling, Siri. Can you just, can you just tell me something positive, Siri? Can you just give me hope that there is something out there that is worth living for? I'm sorry, I was not paying attention. I was busy jacking off. Did what did you say? Fucked. Get fucked. Bye. Bye. Fantastic. Uh, bye.